if you would allow me this time to share with you a word that's very near and dear to me, and a word that still to this day, when I go through real hard times, I go to. A word that when I'm battling with condemnation, I go to. A word that when I'm battling with depression, I go to. A word that when I'm battling and feeling like I'm in deep shadows and I can't get out, I go to. And so we say, well, pastor, you are uh, a believer. You're a Christian. You, 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 you believe in what the Lord has done for you. You mean you struggle with these things? I would say to you, yes, I struggle with these things sometimes more often than I should. Because this flesh is still flesh, right? And so as I live here on this earth, this flesh will continue to decay and go to the ground. And all of its emotions going to the ground. Yet at the same time, there's another nature in me. which is I belong to Christ because I've given my life to the Lord. Therefore, since my life is in the Lord, I have this other nature that teaches me by the Spirit. The Spirit of God in me that tells me I have been redeemed. I am the righteousness of God. I have been adopted. And there's this disgusting, this terrible dichotomy that I deal with that is constantly there. And I have to make a decision. Believe the flesh or believe the spirit. Right? Believe the flesh or believe the spirit. And, uh, you know, I've often thought to myself, you know, is this ever going to end this depression? Is this condemnation ever going to end? Are these whys ever going to stop coming up? And, you know, the reality is there are seasons. Right? The Bible says the devil came and tempted Jesus in the desert. And then he said the devil left until another opportune time. I wish the scriptures would have said he left and never came back again. Because that's what I want to pray over you and what I want to pray over myself. Get out of here, devil. I hate you. Never liked you. Goodbye. Don't even call me. I got a new cell phone. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I got a new nature about me. But the reality is we're still battling with this flesh. We're still battling with this flesh. And in the midst of the journey, another reality is in the midst of the journey that God has for us, God in his sovereignty doesn't have to explain everything we go through. And that means that we're left with some whys. Why, God? Why? Why this situation? This seems to have absolutely no purpose. Why? And I understand the pain of that. And I want to tell you that I have whys. That on this side of the earth will never be answered. But in the midst of that, I also know that with my wives, there's a God who's always there, no matter how bad I struggle. Psalm 13 reads this way. How long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy triumph or be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted And I will trust in your mercy. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me.
Lord, I thank you for your presence as we declare your word this morning. We thank you for your anointing to do what my words cannot do today, to break the yoke. Father, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. How well do we know David today? The Bible says that David was anointed as the next king of Israel after Saul. And there's something that we've done with anointing is that we think of anointing as something that has to do with power, with prestige, or with authority, or with a level of status, right? We think of anointing that way, but there's another level of anointing. Anointing means being set apart. When you look at Jesus, the Bible says his name is Jesus Christ, the anointed one. And what was Jesus Christ called to do? Die on the cross for our sins. So yes, when we think about anointing and we think about power and authority, we also, ha- also have to remember the cross and suffering. It comes with the anointing. Here, David, in the midst of his life, is called by God to be the next king of Israel, to have the prestige of leading the people of God, the authority and the position to lead the people of God. And he goes through 30 years. 30 years of running away from his enemy, Saul, a man he loves. 30 years back and forth into the valley. 30 years of total brokenness. Loving a man who hates him. 30 years trying to win over the heart of a man who's possessed by demons. 30 years trying to figure out why in the world would God anoint me as king and yet allow me to go through this journey. 30 years. Some would say that is, that is incredible. But have you considered the things that David wrote throughout those 30 years? Psalm 13 is one of those writings. Psalm 23, is anybody familiar with Psalm 23? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You see, David, in the midst of his brokenness, was able to draw near to God in such a special way. And through that, God was able to get such great glory. And that's a concept that we have to struggle with. That sometimes through some of the journeys in life, God can do mighty things beyond our ability to comprehend. David begins this psalm simply stating the facts question here is this how should we approach god in the midst of crisis how should we approach god in the midst of trials how should we approach god when we don't have joy seems like we don't have joy when we lost our peace when it seems like nothing makes sense how should we approach god i think david gives us a good template the first part is this approach god and be honest Approach God and be honest. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? This is how David felt. He felt forsaken. He felt alone. He felt abandoned. So much that he would say his heart was filled with sorrow every day. And that his mind... He was trying to counsel himself. And I don't know if you know anything about that, but I know what that's like sitting in a room trying to counsel yourself without peace. You know what I'm saying? 
trying to counsel yourself out of depression and finding yourself diving deeper and deeper into that thing. David gives us a template. When things don't make sense and we need to approach God, how do we approach God? With honesty. God is not offended with your hurts. God is not offended with your pain. And God is not offended with your whys. I used to be the kind of guy when I got saved, I just thought I needed to get a King James language. You know what I mean? Not only a King James Bible, but a King James language. How art thou? Glory be to the God that liveth. It's like, okay. <laughs> and so we pray to the Lord in these, with these things. It's not that they're not wonderful. It's not good to have a good language. That, that's not what I'm speaking against. But, you know, coming to God with this, you are the one that liveth above the cloud and thou I... It's like, okay. What's that about? Right? And I remember one time walking into my roommate who was praying to the Lord. And as he was praying to the Lord, he was outright blasphemous to me. Right? I looked, at, I, I, he was just like, you know, crying out, what are you doing here? Why am I in this? What, what's going on? I don't like this. You need to get this. <laughs> like, what is God? I don't want to be next to this man. He's going to get struck by lightning. He's going to die. Right? And sometimes we're taught some things that, hey, when we come to God, that you know, we just need to come in faith. And, you know, when we're suffering, just put your smile forth and just no matter what's going on, just have joy. But that's not the truth. And God is okay with honesty. God understands suffering. He went to his disciples and said, why are you sleeping? Don't you understand the hour? In which I'm calling you to pray with me? He went to the Father three times. Saying, God, please take this from me. God, please take this from me. There's an, there's an utter failure. We fail the church when we tell the church, only pray for something once. Because if you pray more, it's because you have no faith. We fail the church and we're disconnected with the human condition. The human condition hurts and doesn't understand. And Jesus knows that. And if Jesus had to go to the Father three times and say, please take this cup from me. I know it's not your will. Or, you know, please take this cup from me if it's possible, but let your will be done. Basically saying, this is what I want to happen, God, but let your will be done. Meaning I, I being completely, fully God and the Son of God, at the same time dealing with this dichotomy of wanting to go another direction, than what was appointed for him. Trust me, if Jesus had that crisis, we will. And when we're going through that crisis, best thing you can do is be honest. Come before God and say, God, I'm broken. God, I feel forsaken. Lord, I, fear, I feel abandoned. I don't feel like there's, I have an ability to praise right now. I've been trying to counsel myself out of this place and I just keep finding myself in bed not even wanting to wake up in the morning. I'm talking to somebody who knows what I'm talking about. It's okay to be honest. He's not offended with your wise. Second portion. 
Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, and enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say I have prevailed against them, lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. David is in the midst of the desert. He's in the midst of running from his enemies. Death is imminent. It's, it's close by. It could take him at any moment. He understands this. And you know what David does? He's not only honest with God about how he feels, but he's honest with God about his circumstance. Second, when we come to God, be honest to God about how you feel. Also be honest about the situation. You know, sometimes we get into this. I don't know if you've heard this, but, you know, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Praise God. Nothing is wrong. Everything is taken care of. It's not true. You know, I was, I was just talking to somebody. Uh, you know, it's like falling and breaking your arm and your arm's just hanging like this. So it's, your arm's broken. No, it's not. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Okay, but your, ar- your arm is kind of dangling. It looks kind of scary. You need to get it checked. Nope. I, I believe that I don't have an issue. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. Before you can get healed, you have to admit that you're sick. Right? And having faith doesn't mean that you're ignorant of the circumstance that you're going through. And God is neither offended when you admit your circumstances are beyond what you can bear. As a matter of fact, I think God is waiting for us to admit our circumstances are beyond what we can bear. Right? Remember the time when that woman in the Bible was so desperate, she had an issue of blood for 12 years. And Jesus was walking by. She probably didn't think that she could approach Jesus face to face. She probably felt so shame, so much shame that she wasn't able to approach him. So she made up in her mind, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to crawl through this crowd. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm touching the hem of his garment. And what that declaration is, is really saying, I have faith in the Messiah. I have faith that he is who he says he is, that there's healing in the wings, right? As Malachi would would share with us. The woman was actually declaring that she had faith in Christ and that she had faith that he could heal. She went to Jesus in her distress, touched this garment in power, came out of Jesus and healed her. But before she could be healed, she had to admit that she needed a healing. And she needed the power of God to come over her life that she would be restored. And some of us can't be restored because we can't admit that we're broken. Yet the reality is that the Bible says that God never rejects a broken and a contrite person. I would say that some of us need brokenness so that we can know the power of God. I would say all of us need brokenness so that we can know the power of God. I remember specifically going through the loss of my uh, one of my mentors, Blackie, who was my youth pastor. He passed away. They told us. Don't nobody come to the funeral morning. Dress in white. It's a celebration. Problem is that I didn't want to celebrate. Problem is is that there were tons of kids who were fatherless. And he became a father. Don't tell me to celebrate when I want to mourn. Don't tell me to grieve when the situation is unbearable. To not grieve when the situation is unbearable. And I say to you today that God is not saying to you, 
not to grieve. He's saying, take your grief to him. Be honest about your circumstances. He's big. He's God. He can handle it. David was honest about the way he felt. David was honest about the situation. The third thing is this. This is where it's going to take faith. Yet, honest about his feelings, honest about the situation, but he trusted in the Lord. Verse 5 and 6. But I have trusted in your mercy. <laughs> Look at that. It says, David hasn't trusted that he's good enough. He hasn't trusted in the fact that he's righteous. He hasn't trusted in the fact that he's awesome and amazing, right? No, he's trusted in the mercy of God. In other words, I'm depending on your mercy, that which you give that I don't deserve. <laughs> but I trust in your mercy. My heart will rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. In the midst of your pain, how do we approach God? Let's be honest with our feelings. Let's be honest with the circumstance. And above all, let's turn to God and say, God, instead of letting this issue make me run away from you, I'm choosing to let this make me run away toward, run toward you. Are you with me? You know, really, um, I say this and I say it in a joking manner, but I'm actually completely honest. This is a bipolar man. David is saying, where are you? I hate this. What's going on? But I trust you. <laughs> Do you hear this? This psalm, there's, there's something with the psalm that doesn't make sense. I have sorrow. It's deep. I don't see deliverance. My enemy is going to triumph. But I'm trusting you. You see, that's, that's the walk of the believer. In the midst of everything that we're going through. We can trust the Lord with our feelings and be honest. Let him know. We can trust the Lord with our circumstance. Let him know. He's not going to be offended. He's big enough. And in the midst of it, this is the step of faith that I'm asking each and every one of us to take. Will you be like David and make a decision that's completely disconnected from your feelings at times? Completely disconnected with your feelings. And say, I trust you. That's just one small step of faith, Lee. Just one small step of faith. Look, I don't know what crisis you're going through. But I know a God who's greater than your crisis. I don't have the answers to half of the things, more than half of the things that you'll go through. But I know a God who can comfort. My prayer today is that you would say yes to him. Would you stand with me? Let's pray.